1: AirPods Pro with adaptive audio. Available on AirPods Pro second generation when enabled. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills.
2: There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Welcome to Fitness Disrupted, a production of iHeartRadio. I am Tom Holland, and this is Fitness Disrupted. Can't believe we are at listener mailbag number 13, the 13th show where I answer the questions that you throw out to me, either by email or direct message. This is why I give you the ways to do that. At the end of every podcast, I love hearing from you. Uh, I love the questions and I love the comments, the results that you all get when you follow the advice because it works. It works. And one of these questions I'm so excited to answer because it goes to extremes. It goes to human condition. (sighs) So it's going to be good. It's always good. And what I love when you reach out, you know, it takes a while to get a, a new show started, I'm doing this for a couple of years now, but I've had radio shows in the past, done similar things, and you get a sense of who your audience is. And you guys are the best of the best, the smartest of the smart. And you reach out, oftentimes throwing studies at me, which I love. So keep it coming. Today for this show, it's five questions, but within each question, as you guys often do, uh, there are some with multiple, so probably around seven or eight total questions all over the map, which I love as well. Nutrition, strength, all that kind of stuff. So let's take a quick break and then going to jump right into it. Your questions, listener mailbag show number 13. We will be right back.
0: Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.
3: Hey, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. As a nostalgic voice from your past, I'm here to remind you that amongst the stressful and chaotic existence we live in 2024, you deserve to get away. It's time for a vacation, no matter when you're hearing this. And let me tell you how you'll get there. The 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. Want to bring the family to the mountains with the Santa Fe's available H-Track all-wheel drive?
2: right we are back every time i say we (laughs) it feels weird but i feel like it's it's us it's the proverbial us and this is a a community a community of like-minded people you are who are trying to better their lives and these questions go to that jump right in question number one Hi, Tom, I love your show and I've been listening to it for about two years now. Thank you for listening. I'm curious how you feel about the company, and I'm not going to name it. I bought their drink powder, which they claim is filled with vitamins and benefits. I bought it for the digestive benefits, the energy it provides in the morning. I try to drink it instead of coffee three days a week. And for the recovery claim. So I'm going to hit on all three of those points. I struggle with recovering from one workout before my workout the next day, so I'm down to trying anything at this point. Have you tried this product, leaving the name out, or heard anything about it? I like having something to drink in the mornings after my workout or to kickstart my day. Do you have any alternatives that are good for recovery slash not filled with sugar? What this person is referring to, because there's many powders out there, many supplements, it's a green drink, a green drink. And yes, I have tried it. I don't ever talk about anything that I haven't experienced. It's rare in the fitness world, but I want to be able to um, give you uh, a real take on it. So use it, uh, have used it, I should say. And there's a bunch of questions in here. I'm going to flesh them all out and I think the overarching theme in this question is recovery, right? This person brings it up numerous times for the recovery. They're looking for other benefits. They perceive other benefits as well. Uh, and I use that word specifically, perceive. But they say struggle with recovering from one workout and down to try anything at this point. So let me say this. There's, there's so many myriad factors for recovery, right? I don't know their workout program. So I'm curious, are they overtraining? So these are questions I would ask and I need to ask. And anyone uh, in this business needs to sit down with people and there's no answer. There's no right answer right away. That's the it depends I talk about frequently. It doesn't mean I can't answer all these questions, but I need to preface it by saying that as well, right? Why is this person that tired? Is it just normal fatigue from exercise Uh, Are they getting in enough calories? That's a huge part of training people. This is why we need to focus on what we are eating, not what we're not. We need to fuel our bodies. I know it sounds so simple and so boring and so commonsensical, but the vast majority of people don't do it. They don't fuel themselves with good food. We focus on what we can't eat rather than what we can. We are confused. I just did that Fit Tip show about what a carb is. Most people don't even know. That's a huge problem. It's a huge problem with fueling. It's a huge problem with, you know, losing weight. It's a huge problem with recovery. So we need to know that stuff. And that's why I bring you those topics as well. And we'll continue. You're not going to get it or, you know, it, it, it... understand it or be able to apply it right away. We talk about these concepts over and over and over again. But there's a bunch of questions in here, right? I have to say whenever there's a supplement, which a powder is and a green powder is as well, real food first. Real food first. There is nothing <laughs> that is out there right now that can take the place of food in its natural state. That's an overly simplistic Statement, but it, but it holds true. In other words, and I've done shows on this as well, you can't put fruit in a capsule form and think it's fruit and think it's the same thing. It's not. It's not, it's not even close. We're not, I always think of the Jetsons. Grew up watching cartoons and the Jetsons was one. And if I'm not mistaken, this was a while ago, uh, the food was like, it was tablets. Like it was like, here's your fruit. And, and it's crazy to think that that was decades ago. And now I would argue a lot of snake oil type supplements are out there. They've been there out there forever and they will continue to be out there telling you that this takes the place of. No, supplements are an adjunct to. So get your greens from kale and salads and, you know, celery and different green forms of whole foods and real food first. Does that mean there isn't a time and a place for? A good powder supplement like this? Yeah, of course. But we have to start with food first. Super, super important. All right? Now let me go through the claims, right, that the, this product is putting out there. Uh, they claim, I'm reading again from the question, is filled with vitamins and, and benefits. Vitamins, sure. You know, that's for me. <laughs> I, I did the show on my favorite s- supplements vitamin is one to fill the gaps i'm going to try to get my vitamins from real food as often as possible but i take a multivitamin in case i'm missing something and i give my kids a multivitamin and have since they could swallow them okay uh so that's that's an important uh thing with this yes there's vitamins lost my train of thought (laughs) i was gonna say something uh, I did. Um, but the benefits. So filled with vitamins and benefits. So let's look at the, look at the benefits that this person is talking about. Uh, digestive benefits. That's that's an individual thing. Right? In other words, tough, like gut health. and And, you know, there's so many other things we're taking in. So it's really hard to pull apart whether that works or not. But if you think that works for you with digestion, awesome. Okay? The energy it provides. Now... So often, they will talk about products that aren't caffeine-related or things like that taurine, and, and things that we know are stimulants, but they'll say, "Oh, this provides energy." Like, again, vitamin. Vitamin in and of itself doesn't provide energy. Now we could go into like the, the chemical processes these vitamins may help with, that help make energy available, but I am not someone who would say that a product like this gives you energy. You may feel better, right? You may not take in, you know, eat something that's less healthy and there may be the placebo effect, but just chemically speaking, ingredient-wise, these type of products don't generally give you energy, although many people claim. And again, if, if you feel it does, then it does. I still haven't done, after hundreds of episodes, the placebo effect episode, and I will soon now, because I have to. All right? So, I'm reading it again, energy it provides in the morning. So, this person believes it does. So, okay, it does. And they're drinking it instead of coffee, which I'm a huge coffee person, did multiple episodes on it. Uh, There are huge, you know, uh, many health benefits of coffee, documented studies, so if, if you drink coffee, don't feel guilty. It's moderation like anything else. I tend to overdo it. But uh, listen, if this person's cutting out coffee and drinking this product and they have energy, awesome. Awesome. But know that coffee has health benefits. And if you want to know more about that, listen to the shows I've done so far on those. And for the recovery claims. So this goes to energy, right? So the claim about it providing energy, a powder, a green powder, and then helping with recovery. I'm going to say, maybe, <laughs> maybe. And I'm being nice. Okay. So this person's struggling with recovery, right? I would not take this product for recovery. I would take this product to fill in the gaps. I would take a green powder to fill in the gaps of getting in your greens. Full stop. End of story. Okay. And let what, me what say one one other thing. When you take products in like this, you feel it's, it's control and it's habits, and you're saying, I'm doing something good for myself. Now, this particular brand is expensive. Okay, I would, <laughs> I would much rather you spend at least a significant portion of that money on actual greens. And the problem is people don't. Like, if you're spending this amount of money, and it's, it's not insignificant, which, by the way, perceived value people go, oh, if it's that expensive, it must be worth it. No. A lot of times, yes, you get what you pay for. But in the health and wellness world, that is a slippery slope. All right. So food first, does it do give you energy? If you think it does, I'm not going to argue with that. Uh, recovery, I would much rather you do other things to recover. We're going to finish up with that. All right. So Back in the day when I was first getting into the Ironmans and the endurance races, I would take a store-bought powder for recovery, okay? I'm not going to give you the brand. I don't even know if it's out there anymore. I don't take it anymore, okay? But it was a certain ratio of carbohydrates to protein. So that's where we're going to end up here, okay? When it comes to recovery from your workouts, what do I do? What do the top athletes who are competing do? Sure, they'll, they'll take a powder like this, but they are refueling. They're refueling. You need energy. You need fuel. And this is why I will hammer that message about eating real food over and over and over again, regardless of who you are. And one of the questions that's going to come up towards the end is just about aging and eating. And so many of the messages apply to everything. The the instructions, the guidelines, the basics will come up again and again for good reason. All right. So. I would tell this person, again, not knowing their workout routine and all that kind of stuff that I would love to know as well, but when you are done with the workout, I talked about the metabolic window recently. Does it exist? Maybe, maybe not, doesn't matter. I'm going to refuel right after, especially when I'm training really hard to make sure that I'm recovering from that workout with food and preparing my body for the workouts to come and the day to come. Not just the workouts, but the day. So, Four-to-one ratio of carbohydrate to protein. There are products that are five-to-one, six-to-one, seven-to-one, but roughly four or five-to-one ratio of carbohydrates to protein. So that means you're going to take in a bunch of carbohydrates and a little less, about a quarter less if it's the four-to-one ratio of uh, protein. So the carbohydrates are to replenish your energy stores and give you energy for the day. The protein is to rebuild muscle that has been broken down. And you want to do that from healthy whole sources, whole food sources, if you can. And, you know, there are so many options. By the way, I don't think I've really talked about my sports nutrition book for triathletes, but this is a great example of the rules apply to everyone. So in other words, if you want to know what to take, that book, regardless of whether or not you're a triathlete, The recovery meals apply to everyone. Everyone. Carbohydrates and protein. Yeah, if you're a bodybuilder, you're going to take in more protein and things like that, but you still need energy. And so, one final (laughs) uh, uh, little caveat to this answer. I always say I'm going to go shorter, but I always get carried away because I want to give you as much information as possible. A power shake. It's one of the greatest options? Whether you buy that, a pre-done shake, which has some carbs in it and some protein, or you do it yourself. This is where it's such a great time to make your own power shake. So that's frozen fruit for me, a banana, protein powder, and some healthy fats. I control the ingredients. They're whole ingredients. They're super healthy. I love the taste. You figure out what works for you. I use almond milk as the base. So you figure out your base. What's the liquid? What do you like? You figure out your fruits. You know, there's mango. There's so- you can put greens in there. That is an awesome way to recover. Recovery is about food and sleep and some stretching. All right. All the other stuff I talk about, like cryotherapy and infrared saunas and focus on food and sleep and some stretching. All right. There you go. I want to do five more hours on that answer, but uh, that's enough. Number two. Hi, Tom. Following the podcast for years. Thank you again. I'm a runner, half dozen of fulls. So he means full marathons and a number of halves. Your information has been extremely helpful over the years. Thank you very much for listening. Uh, That's my response to him, by by the way. Uh, I have a 14-year-old son who has been working out for about six months and has a nice V-shaped body. He asked me what workouts are best for him to bulk up. I've explained eating right and exercising in moderation is the best. My question for you is what is a good workout plan for him? He has dumbbells, a bench, and a bar to use as well as a stationary bike. I can't get him into running right now, but I'm hoping we can get out there one day and run a half together. I love that. I have looked online but don't see the best option for his developing body. I would appreciate any advice or website to check out for him. Thank you and keep up the great work. I love this. I love this. I love the, so much of this. The dad who's, you know, wants to get his son uh, the best results that doesn't seem like there's any excess here. He's preaching moderation. He says he wants to get him running. It's tough to get a 14-year-old running if they don't want to run. I have a 15-year-old right now who's this very person, same person. So I love it. I love everything about this. The short, shortish, <laughs> it's the basics. It's the basics. You have everything you need. You have dumbbells. You have a bench and a bar and a stationary bike for some cardio, for the warm-up. And from there, at that age, anything is great. I want you to be safe. You know, I see, you know, thanks to Instagram, this is why I bring it up frequently, the, the crazy workouts and, you know, the Olympic lifts that so many people are doing that, they don't have the proper instruction, and there's just a greater chance of injury. So stick to the basics. I'm going to pitch another book. You know, I, this is why I write the books, though. So I have a book called Beat the Gym. It's older, and the micro-workout plan is another one. And actually, these are going to come up again. But these are two books. One has uh, more machines in it, beat, or machines in it, uh, micro-workout plan doesn't. So my two books are super helpful, uh, micro-workout plan and uh, Beat the Gym. But you know what the basics are, right? Someone at 14, you're going to break the upper body into five parts, right? Chest, back, shoulders, biceps, triceps. So you're going to do some dumbbell chest press, barbell bench press. You're going to do some shoulder exercises, overhead shoulder press. You're going to do some bicep curls. You're going to do some tricep kickbacks. You're going to do some push-ups. And I say you, but him. You're going to do squats, lunges, the basics, And then finally, the question is, how many days a week is he going to work out? My son just started going to the gym. He has access to all my equipment at home, but of course he wants to go and be with his friends. That's awesome. That's awesome. Uh, He's going, you know, almost every day now. So if your son goes every day, he's going to do a split routine, right? Maybe chest, uh, shoulders, triceps on Monday, back and biceps on Tuesday, legs on Wednesday, and then you repeat it with one day off. If he's going three days a week, it's Monday, Wednesday, Friday, full body. But just the basics. Everything else is awesome. Make sure you don't push it too hard. Let him do his thing. Make sure he's using, you know, appropriate weight, good form. And then we just let them do their thing. I love it. I love it. And finally, protein. Make sure he's getting in enough protein. When I was that age... They had products, supplements that were supposed to put on size and there wasn't enough protein. They were like calories. It's just, it's not half of the good stuff that's available today. Real food first. And let me also say that I make an enormous breakfast for my two boys every day. Protein, healthy carbs, huge. Do they always finish it? No, but it's always there. I (laughs) I tend to finish it. All right. So I love it. Stick to the basics if you want, you know, uh, beat the gym and micro workout plan are two great options. You know, so much of the information out there, unfortunately, is extreme. And it's not what you need, especially at that age. You don't want to get injured at a young age, especially. Uh, And unfortunately, people tend to push the the crazy workouts. All right. So you're right on track. You're preaching moderation already. Uh, Let's take another break. And when we come back, we're going to finish it all up. Uh, we got questions about the 75 hard challenge, which I'd heard about, but hadn't looked into till I got this question. And then a couple other really good ones. All right, quick break. We will be right back.
0: Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM.
3: Want to bring the family to the mountains with the Santa Fe's available H-Track all-wheel drive? Well, it's got standard third-row seating and available dual wireless charging pads for the kids who just want to stare at their phone and not talk to you. You know what I mean. The Hyundai Santa Fe becomes available early 2024. So get on it now before all the good camping sites are full. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
1: Okay, quick math.
2: And we are back. I am going over your questions that you put out to me through direct messages or emails. There's actually a second half to this question. So let's get right to it. Same person asked, I was also wondering if you could do an episode on your opinion of the 75 hard challenge. It seems to be very popular, but to me unsustainable. I have a friend who is about to partake and I'm curious on what you think. Took my breath away. Not surprised. Made me sad. So (laughs) what is the 75 hard challenge? Five components. I looked at it. I hope hope this is what it is, but this is what I found. Uh, Number one. So there's five components to it. Number one, follow a diet, any diet. I'm going to give you the five points. I'm going to go back and talk about each of them. Number two, work out twice a day for 45 minutes. One of those workouts must be outside. Number three, drink a gallon of water daily. Number four, read 10 pages of nonfiction daily. Number five, take progress pictures daily. Okay. Let's start with number one. Follow a diet, any diet. Really? <laughs> uh, you, didn't, you didn't get me at the start. You, you, really? Dude, no, no specifics? So follow a plan? So what if I follow the grapefruit diet? Or the cabbage diet. And you're... (laughs) You're then asking me in number two to work out twice a day for 45 minutes. So if I follow a a low-carb, let's just go low-carb. An Atkins, a keto. What are people going to grab? Diets are low-calorie full-stop. Especially the first couple weeks. (laughs) Then they tend to add calories back in so that you have a small chance of doing it longer than a week or two. So you're asking the people right off the get-go to limit their calories and probably in an unhealthy way. Then you're asking them to work out twice a day for 45 minutes. The vast majority of people who aren't working out once a day for 45 minutes. (laughs) It takes my breath away. Then you go, okay, one of those workouts must be outside. I did. You know, the podcast on the biophilia effect, how powerful exercising in nature is. I get it. I talk about how I run outside in rainstorms, in snowstorms. Unless it is dangerous, I'm outside exercising. I'm the exception. I get texts and emails from people who say, what are you doing? It's also usually part of my training. But my point is, There are people who aren't going to be able to get outside every, (sighs) you're setting people up for failure. There's (laughs) so, so I did an episode on two a days too. Why you should work out twice a day, but not for 45 minutes, every time for 75 days. Like, are you kidding me? (sighs) And then putting that caveat of one must be outside. Awesome. Awesome. So for those people who are starting from zero, that's not problematic at all. And what drives me up the wall is the mental side of this. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this because it's so goofy. And listen, I love the questions. You keep you have to throw these questions to me because although I hear about everything, there's so much lunacy out there that uh, I can't possibly read every book, although I will the the top ones, even though I know that they're lunacy because I need to be able to discuss them with people. So please, please, please keep these questions, these type of questions coming. Uh, twice a day for four. I don't do that. Well, I, I kind of do, but I have rest days. There's no rest. 75 days in a row? Awesome. Awesome. There's no problems there, right? Now, again, I didn't delve any deeper into this than getting the bullet points. So I'm not sure if there's any specific. It doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter if they say walk. If, they, if I told you to walk Twice a day for 45 minutes for 75 days? That in and of itself is is lunacy. I wish I could tell people to do that, but even if I could, it's not what you need to do. All right. Uh, Number three, drink a gallon of water daily. Okay. I'm all for drinking more water. I need to drink more water. I know where my limitations are, what I need to work on. One of the favorite things, my favorite sports psychology professor said was, if you want to know your weaknesses, ask your competition. And that got me to focus on what are my weaknesses? And you got to be honest with yourself. For me, I have several, been working on them for years. I will never be perfect at them. You can't, you know, can't work on your weakness till it becomes your strength. It's not, you can't, you probably shouldn't did that podcast anyway. I don't get in enough water. I don't sleep enough. And that's a problem. So I don't sleep enough at night. So I try to take naps during the day because I can in my studio and things like that. But I I know my weaknesses. Anyway, one gallon. Let's do the math. The current recommendations all over the place. But simple rule of thumb is roughly half your body weight in ounces per day. For most people, that's even a lot. For me, what am I now? Around 170-ish. So, yeah, I've got my two bottles and I struggle. And there's water in other things and in other drinks and food, f- fruit and salads. There's water in food. So, this blanket recommendation is roughly for someone who's 250 pounds. I mean, I just picture the bodybuilder guys who walk around the gym with their gallon of water. I get it. I was there at one point. I don't think I ever carried it around, not the gallon. But we need to drink more water. This is like saying everyone should uh take two or uh, yeah one hundred and twenty eight pounds and do bench press with that. It depends people it It's probably too much for a lot of people. Drink more water, but I would start, especially uh if you're like me, and you know you have the bladder of a four year old sorry to <laughs> be you know yeah, I have a problem uh but yeah. I don't think everyone needs to drink 128 ounces every day. Leave it at that. Number four and five, I have no problem with. <laughs> it's like, okay, let's make this creative. Read 10 pages of nonfiction daily. Awesome. Kind of cool. Awesome. out of left field. But, okay, do that. And number five, and again, I didn't delve very far into this, but I, having been in this business a really long time, um, I think I know one of the reasons, and it's not, for you. So take progress pictures daily. I'm fine with that as well. But it reminds me of B- uh, Body for Life way back. Anyone who's my age and was into fitness, so this was many years ago, Bill Phillips, who, who was one of the first to come out with creatine and a bunch of other products. Uh, Myaplex was the protein powder, super expensive. Creatine was like 5x what it is today. But he got you on this plan with a bunch of different supplements, and he asked you to take pictures. And then he asked you to send them in. And one person was going to win, I don't know, it was like a Ferrari and a million dollars or something. But it was genius because he got free advertising. He got people to just send in at no, no cost. And so he put all of those before and after pictures in books, in his books. And a lot of people changed. Because they had these expensive supplements, and there was a workout plan, and a lot of people stuck to it, and it was a good plan. But I think of that as I think of this. So a lot of people are going to do what? They're going to take progress pictures, post on social media, and they're going to talk about the 75 challenge. And I don't know if this person's monetizing it. Sure, they are. I would think they are. Again, I haven't delved into it, uh, but kind of genius in that regard. Because if you do anything, if you, I could sell you caplets filled with sugar and then give you a plan and I sell those caplets to you at a hundred dollars a month with the workout plan, because you're paying a hundred dollars a month for these caplets that I'm telling you are going to help you, but you follow the plan, you're going to attribute it to the caplets. That's what a lot of these products and programs are doing. All right. So. 75 days of working out twice a day with no rest days, drinking that much water. Uh, Oh my gosh, following some restrictive diet. The person's question answered it. Answered it. Uh, Unsustainable? Of course. Yeah. And you're going to, I'm going to use the word other people would use. I wouldn't. You're going to fail. There's no way you're going to keep this up. Could I do it? I don't want to. You know, the people, like, you go, it's like when people come up to me in the gym and and ask me to do some crazy exercise challenge with them that I know could potentially hurt me. I look at them and I say, you win. (laughs) You win. So don't do this. I'll leave it at that. All right. And, and, oh, actually, why, why is the human condition to choose hard and unsustainable? You know, when I tell people that they should do micro workouts, they look at me like I'm like five minutes. That that can't possibly work. You know, I, I'm going to give you your own. Here you go. Here's your 30 day fitness disrupted challenge. And I've given you similar things like this in other episodes. But here, here you go. You want something? I want you to do 50 push-ups total in one day. And I've given you things almost exactly like this, but. Now with this question, not all of you have heard all the episodes, 50 push-ups on one day, 50 ab moves, crunches or types of crunches, whatever version you want on the next day. So I want you to alternate days and you can do however many sets and reps as you want, but they need to total 50 by the end of the day. I've been doing this myself in a different way. As I've said many, many times before, four years, when I came into the studio, I dropped and did my hundred crunches, 25 of, of one kind, 25 obliques, both sides and 25 of another kind. And I mix that up and I change the number, but it's a hundred. So by the end of the day, I've done a certain number. Depends. All right. There's your challenge. Most people go, oh, it's not enough. Why do we choose hard and unsustainable <laughs> rather than what we know will work over time when you add in all the other stuff as well? All right. So there you go. I want to hear, do it, do it for 30 days. So you can do five sets of 10 Do 10. When you wake up in the morning, 10 pushups, do 10 in the middle of the day. Do 10 at lunch. Do 10 at like 3 o'clock. Do 10 before you go to bed at night. There's 50. Or do two sets of 25. Whatever we want, way you want to do it. Ab move, same thing. Whatever kind, whatever number. By the end of the day, you've done 50. When you mix it up, when you vary them. I don't even care if you're doing this already in some way. Do, the, do this and, and vary the type. You can also vary the push-ups. You can do Spider-Man push-ups. You can do plyometrics, whatever you want. Watch and see the results. You will be shocked. All right, number three. Let's get moving here. Uh, Tom, I uh, love fitness disrupting the bodyweight workouts you prescribe. I also have your latest micro-workout book. Is the workout uh, from your book, Beat the Gym, still worth doing? I love the philosophy of experimenting with different forms of equipment. Thank you. All right, you may think this is a blatant plug. It's not. It goes to variation, people. It goes to variation. So Beat the Gym, it's 2010, I believe. And that's when I owned the gym. We said I would never do it. Crazy experience, crazy opportunity arose. And when I say I have done it all, I have literally done it all in this industry, including owning a gym for a couple of years. So that book was all about how to get the most out of the gym The Secrets, having worked in the gym as a trainer for so many years, as a group fitness instructor, personal trainer, then owning a gym, only did it for a couple of years and got the heck out, wrote the book, Uh, and then the micro-workout plan. So Beat the Gym is more about the gym, and the micro-workout plan is more about home. And I do both. So the answer to this person is variation. When you want to exercise at home, it's the micro-workout plan. You got dumbbells, you got body weight. And you got ab moves, right? And body weight, cardio, and all the stuff like that. I do both. I go to the gym. I work out at home. I do all different types of equipment. So this is having options. Do it all. Mix it up. Anytime anyone in the nutrition world, the exercise world, tells you this is the one way to do something, that's wrong. <laughs> it's rare that I could say without knowing what it is. It's wrong. There are many components of fitness. There are many benefits to machines that free weights don't have. There's many benefits of free weights that machines don't have. I've talked about it. I will continue to. Variation. This is what people have to do to get a name for themselves and sell certain products. Not me. I sell the moderation and the variation. All right? I'll leave it at that. Another question within this question. I'm in my 60s still running. I want to enter a half marathon soon. One last question. I've been doing uh, hit running workouts and a fairly quick long run every 10 days. Can you recommend some kind of running program that incorporates all your strength protocols with low mileage running that can work for races? Thank you again. Uh, Tough um, to give real specifics, but I can be. Kind of broad here, because it again applies to just about everyone. so a persons in their 60s still running, awesome, ages and number. I'm going to be again, pretty, give you an overview. So I'm in my 50s now. I run three to four times a week, changes, but for most people, especially 60s, probably again, I, I, this person sounds like they're super fit, but it doesn't matter. We want to be smart. so when you can, non-consecutive days. If you have more lofty, you know, loftier goals, then you have to run more. But great rule of thumb for the vast majority of you is Monday, Wednesday, Friday is running, right? And then a longer run on the weekend, Saturday or Sunday. So that might be the day you go back to back, right? Or you can go Tuesday, Thursday, Sunday. So three to four runs per week. And I like the specificity. Now, you don't have to do this, but this is when you get super specific as we get older, especially, the benefits are even, well, yeah. The workouts are shorter and the the benefits are somewhat greater, right? At a younger age, you can just run and your body is more tolerant. You get injured less. So for me, one run is hills. Hill repeats, talked about that, the value of hills. Second run, we focus on speed. That's your interval day. Sounds like he's kind of doing it. And then your third one is endurance. That's your long run day. That formula works for so many people. Hills are speed and strength built in. Speed is going to make you a little faster if you want. And also, listen, changes uh, the workout, the boredom factor. I did a 30-minute workout. I'm going to post 30-minute run on the treadmill the other day, 10-minute warm-up, bunch of minute hard intervals, and then a cool down. Awesome. And it was so much more palatable, okay? Just running for 30 minutes. And I said, just, I shouldn't. Running for 30 minutes, the specificity. The effect of that was different than going slow for an hour. But that's your longer day. So one day is working on endurance. One day is working on speed. The other day is speed strength. And that's running hills. And hills, as I've said, are one of my favorite workouts. Everyone should run or walk hills. I did a podcast on that. And then you want to add in two to three 20-minute or so strength workouts. I have other books with that in there as well. I know it sounds like, but I have a marathon book and a triathlon book with strength workouts that are specific to runners and multi-sport athletes. They're not the same as if you're trying to build a physique. You're not focused on bench press, and bicep curls if you're a runner. You still can do them, but we're more bulletproofing our bodies so we can run, working on imbalances, more lower body uh, focus, more of a core focus, all right? They're different, and they're shorter generally. You know, bodybuilders and people who want to build muscle and phys- you know improve their physique probably go to the gym or work out at home a little longer. For us who are focused on running and doing other sports, the basics, at least, are you can do them totally uh, in about 20 minutes. All right. So that's uh, that's what I'm going to give you for that. And finally, a cross-training day. Super important, you know, and for runners, biking is just one of the greatest uh, forms of cross-training. The elliptical, fine. I'll take that. Swimming. But uh, biking and running, you know, you got quadricep dominant and then uh, hamstring. so. It's one of the reasons I do triathlons is forced cross-training. All right, let me pick it up here. Uh, Hi, Tom. I'm a big fan of your podcast and your no-nonsense approach to health and fitness. I'm really passionate about fitness and healthy eating and have often considered getting certified as a fitness coach. Well, now that my kids are all grown up, my career in IT is not very demanding. I have more time to dedicate towards my passion. I would really appreciate your guidance on which programs are worth investing in. I briefly looked at the NASM and ACE websites, but there are so many others out there. I would greatly appreciate any input you can provide. And then some compliments. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you for all the compliments. Thank you for listening. And I actually get asked this frequently in different ways, uh, people who are in the business. And I will do a couple podcasts soon uh, specific to that. Uh, But I got certified a long time ago and they're all still around and they're really good ones. So, My goal back in the day was to get as much experience and education as possible, as many of the top certifications as possible. And two of them were NASM, the National Academy of Sports Medicine, ACE, and the other two of the top – there's other top ones, but these for me are the four top ones – would be the NSCA, National Strength and Conditioning Association, and then ACSM, American College of Sports Medicine – I have all those. They're still around. They're still great. There are others, but those four, again, NASM, ACE, ACSM, and NSCA, I have many others. There's AFA that actually changed their acronym slightly. Used to be AFAA, and now I think it's AFFA. <laughs> but that was that was more aerobics. I got that one. That's a story. Uh that is a funny story back in the day when I got that was group exercise. Right? So, those four are phenomenal. The short answer, though, for the new ones, and then there's a couple out there that I've heard of uh, recently that aren't those four. If you get it in a day, if you get it online, that's a problem. So, the longer the studying, the more classes, and the more in-person, the better. Right? I would personally stick with those four. They're still around. They're still highly regarded. Uh, but if there's a certain certification that is in person where you are and you go every weekend or, you know, it's, it's you know, takes a couple weeks, months uh, of instruction, that's awesome. You want as much information as possible, right? You want to learn. And if you're truly passionate about it as, as I was and still obviously am, you never want to stop learning. You know, that's why I'm still and will always be studying and teaching and, and doing all that kind of stuff. So I love this question. I love uh, people getting into the greatest uh, industry in the world, in my opinion, helping people look better, feel better, live longer. But I take it super seriously, and I love that you do. So get some—start with one great certification and just know that they generally focus on kind of one aspect or at least known for that. Now, within each certification, certifying body, they'll have different certifications. But, like, ACSM was more the cardiovascular Uh, Back in the day, at least. I know they have additional certifications. Now, National Strength and Conditioning Association was more the strength side, as was the National Academy of Sports Medicine, more the strength training side. And you get taught differently by different certifications. So just start somewhere and then um, take it from there. I should say this. and gets a little complicated. But if you are going to work or you want to work at a specific gym in your area, find out what they require, what they're looking for. Because that's a whole Pandora's box of goofiness and stuff like that. So oftentimes you can get a really great certification that maybe the gym person who runs the personal training department doesn't have. And you can hold that against you (laughs) as crazy as that sounds. Topic for another day. But um, if you are trying to land a specific job, find out what their recommendations are and which certifications they're looking for. Love it, love it, love it. Finally... I love this one. Uh, I'm a new listener, so glad I found your podcast. Could you tell me if this is credible? So they they sent me a study. There's a link to a study which I'm going to talk about, and thank you for that. As I said, I love when people send me studies. Seven years ago, when I turned fifty, I asked my doctor what I needed to do to stay active and healthy because I'd never been this age before. <laughs> I love that line because <laughs> like, I I've never been fifty before. I just saw a meme yesterday, by the way. It said something like, "I'm you know bear with me. I'm going through my terrible." like the terrible twos so i love this yeah i turned as i said i just turned 53 it's interesting i love getting older though i do all the work we put in right it's control um you age is just a number i'll leave it at that uh because i would never been this age before she was at a loss and basically gave me the regular nutrition and exercise guidelines I'm an off-road motorcyclist and trying to recover from rotator cuff surgery and emotional aspects of retiring. I've been trying to do research on age and fitness and nutrition. Thank you for your shows. You've given me the encouragement and the information I trust. Thank you for listening. I got to say that over and over again, people. It's all about trust, and your time is important. And as I say that, I'm going to try to wrap this up. Uh, But know that even when I go long, it's because I want to give you the best information. And I often feel like I'm leaving stuff out. First of all, there's so much here. I know that oftentimes, like when you hear your doctor give you the regular nutrition and exercise guidelines, we have to start with the basics. So she's not wrong. She's not wrong. And let's just go back, for argument's sake, to the 80-20. The basics work for just about everyone. So the nutrition guidelines about, like, whole foods and, you know, everything I preach all the time, that applies to just about everyone. That's where we start then you have u- unique requirements, right? So that's the 20 or 30%, right? And for you, you said specifically off-road motorcyclists. By the way, I've ridden motorcycles, road bike in college, did a little bit off-road. That's, like, really hard. That's super physical. So, like, these people, especially the, the top ones, pros, they strength train like crazy. You have to. It's brutal on the body, just banging around, right? So I, I somewhat understand that. And you're trying to recover from rotator cuff surgery. The only surgery I ever had, thanks to football, back in the 80s. No injuries since then. And so I get that as well. But I also love that you said the emotional aspects of retiring. Okay. So the basics are where you start. Nutrition as well as exercise, right? Especially in our 50s, right? The basics work. The basics work. You know, the push-ups, the planks the dumbbells, the bench press, the dumbbell, all that stuff. You need to have the foundation, right? And then we get specific, but you have to have that base. You can't jump ahead. You can't start doing plyometric box jumps or doing two 45-minute workouts a day for 75 days if you don't have a base. It's not a matter of if, but when, and how badly you're going to flame out. All right, so your doctor is, without even knowing exactly what she said, she's right. But let me get into that specific study you gave to me. And by the way, I'm going to go into this study because it's a great one uh, in a future podcast. But there's three great bullet points that will answer his question to some degree. And the the study is, it's not really a study, I think it was um, a paper from... I think it was a paper from a lecture, a nutrition uh, forum. But anyway, the title is How Dietary Needs Change with Aging. And I'm going to read you the three bullet points I pulled out. Dietary needs change with aging in several ways. Number one, people become less active. Their metabolism slows. Their energy requirement decreases, all of which mean they need to eat less. Does that apply to everyone? No. But we lose muscle, sarcopenia, right? Right. You're probably not running around. And again, these are generalizations, but normally people slow down a little bit. They lose some muscle. And so, yes, we need to eat a little less as we get older. I think of my father-in-law who, as I'm making huge breakfasts for my teenagers, if he's over, you know, he's British. He has one, maybe two pieces of toast with, with coffee and some jam, and he's happy as a clam. But yes, by and large, we need fewer calories as we get older. So that's one of the dietary needs, especially when we're thinking about maintaining weight, right? Uh, Number two, recent research demonstrates that because older adults' ability to absorb and utilize many nutrients becomes less efficient, their nutrient requirements, particularly as a function of body mass, actually increase uh, this I don't want to read you everything here, but uh, this includes separate recommendations for people age 70 and above for this reason. So what they're saying is you should eat cleaner. <laughs> you should eat better as you get older. I mean, that's uh, oversimplification maybe, but that's kind of the gist there. All right? And then number three kind of goes to this as well. Tucker noted that as some of the previous speakers had discussed, chronic conditions and medications can affect nutrition requirements. For example, in addition to drug-nutrient interactions affecting drug metabolism, some drug-nutrient interactions are also nutrient-wasting. This is especially true of the B vitamins. So, again, in a nutshell, this is saying people are taking more medications as they age. You have to be very careful with interaction with those drugs and what you are taking in topic for another day specifically, but basically saying fewer calories and focus on higher quality of food. So let's just end there. That's where the recommendations apply to everyone. Whole foods, as healthy as possible, most of the time, focusing on the basics, focusing on consistency. Now, this person also, I can't end without saying... That they identified the mental aspect, the emotional aspects of retiring. I love that. That you know that. That's so important. And so you want to move. And you want to use exercise as a positive, not a negative. So it shouldn't be a stressor. It should be a stress reducer. And that can be and should be walking. That's why, not walk. whatever is, you can start with walking. It could be a part of your plan. My point is it shouldn't be extreme, like 245 minutes workouts for 75 days, when you're doing things that you don't enjoy, that are restrictive and that are too much, that's not the right thing, especially when you're dealing with emotional issues already, which all of us are, right? So my point is use the exercise to decrease stress and anxiety, not increase it because you're trying to do something that is unsustainable or is too hard uh, to maintain, and this person finished up by saying, always hated working out. Now I'm about to turn 50 and overweight, and I'm really happy to have found your podcast. Thank you. Thank you. Thank all of you for the questions. Again, I always feel, I not always feel, I go way longer than I expect to, but it's for good reason. All right. Uh, I am going to go further into this um, paper because there, there are other great points in there. But I will wrap it all up with, it is the basics, the the, the basic tenets of focus on consistency of all these things that I am bringing up over and over again. That's it. (laughs) I'm going to leave it at that. All right. Thank you for these great questions. Great questions. You are the greatest audience, and I have the greatest job in the world. So I appreciate you. I appreciate my job, and I take it super seriously. Uh, So thank you for listening. Please keep the questions coming. I want to hear more about crazy things like the uh, hard 75. Oh, geez. Makes me sad. (laughs) Uh, Again, if you want to reach out, Tom H. Fit, Instagram, as well as Twitter, Tom H. Fit, fitnessdisrupted.com. You can email me through the website. I know I talk about, I feel guilty. Why should I feel guilty? Talking about my books, they're out there. They're to help you. But that's how much I like. I, I I don't like the fraudsters who push their their products. I have a bunch of books, and and take a look. Depending on what your goals and needs are, they're there. Uh, and uh, I have done and live by every single thing in all of those books. All right. And as I said, super excited for the new book uh, I'm working on, which is my first non-prescriptive book. Which is uh, it's all about the fitness industry. All right. Thank you for listening. And remember, there are three things we all control, how much we move, what we put into our mouths, and our attitudes, and that is awesome. I am Tom Holland. This is Fitness Disrupted. Believe in yourself. Fitness Disrupted is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.